0: You're now listening to the Fantasy Filler Podcast, where we put you in the driver's seat every week, all year long. In the NASCAR racing world, from top news stories, latest results, and best fantasy lineups, we'll have you up to speed and out in front before the drop of the green flag. So let's dive in with our host. Vanilla Wafers.
1: The last week of January is coming to an end, and you know what that means. We are about one week away from NASCAR racing. We have officially survived the off-season, and it feels like only a week ago, that they were crowning Joey Logano as the champion and now we're coming back to the LA Coliseum for the LA Clash in just one week we are going to be going over the LA Clash drivers to look out for and some of the open charter cars that have announced that they will be attempting the Daytona 500 all that today here on the fantasy filler podcast I hope you guys are excited for today's episode because I was extremely excited for this one in particular because this was going to be one of the first episodes where we were going to have multiple people on the show and everyone was just going to talk about their opinions on the LA Clash which drivers they thought were going to dominate, which drivers were going to come up short, and just do some wacky takes altogether. It was going to be a lot of fun. I had three friends of mine who I've had the privilege of getting to know in the last couple of years come on to the show, and they've been wanting to come on for so long. They've been giving me a lot of grief, and I I understand. We've been going on their shows. Now it was time to come on to my show. Those three guys being Johnny from Johnny on the Track Podcast. He has been in one of our shows a long time ago, And it was just far too long for him to be off for that long. I was glad that he was able to come back. We also had Armani DePaul from the Motorsports Ministry podcast. I've been on quite a few of his shows, so definitely wanted to get him on. And then a gentleman that we all love to give crap to because it seems like anytime he gives an opinion, everyone gets mad at it, even though some of those topics and issues that he talks about are really, really good. Like, I'm always on his side for it, but we still have to give him grief for it. And that was Opinions on NASCAR, better known as Will Richard. All these guys were on the show, and sadly, one of the recording channels was destroyed just ruined and when I mean bad it was it was really bad like if I was to play that episode for you guys through from beginning to end it would drive you crazy because just one of the recordings the sound was skipping every three seconds and the worst part of it was uh all those three seconds was like twice as fast so someone would talk real quick and then it would cut off for a whole second It, it just did not sound good at all so unfortunately I had to scrap that episode and we'll have to just try again just another time to do uh, an episode where we can all get together and to share our opinions. I'm hoping for the Daytona 500. Hopefully, we can get everyone together here for the first race of the season. And if it goes really well, this might be the route that we take the Fancy Filler Podcast. I think it would do better if we had multiple people share their opinions on what will be top fantasy picks for each and every week. And we shall see. But for now guys, we're going to do it the same way we've been doing it for the last couple of years. Just me and me alone. So without further ado, let's dive into it. Here are the top predictions for the LA Clash. Alright, so if you guys remember last year for the inaugural LA Clash, it was a lot of fun for the most part. A little bit of chaos. I think people expected a lot more, but that just wasn't the case. It was good old fashioned short track racing. And the heat races, okay, we're a little lackluster. Last chance qualifiers pretty good. And then the main event for the first half, wacky. Second half, alright, we were trying to wrap things up. I, I think it's going to be completely different here this year, and here's already some of the changes that we're going to have. Last year, we only had 24 cars in the main event. It is now getting bumped up to 27. NASCAR has said they're first going to do the qualifyings on Saturday, and then for the heat races, the top five from each heat race, there will be four in total, will transfer on to the main event. Everyone else still remaining will We'll go into two last chance qualifiers and the top three from each one will move on through so that means we're going to be up to 26 drivers and then the last spot will be given to the driver who's not still in yet at that moment who will get the points provisional so let's say like Joey Logano does not make it into the heat race of the last chance qualifier well since he won the championship he's automatically locked in that's the only driver locked in and we'll go from second to third, fourth, all the way back until we get the highest points finisher from last year. Now, as far as the entry list goes, we only have 36 cars, and I asked Will, Armani, and Johnny if they were expecting anybody else, and I think everyone agreed, no, no open charters were going to enter into this event. Sure, it might be fun for some of these teams, but for the most part, it's just kind of Uh, just you're going to be wrecking your equipment if you go into the show for little to no money. So yeah, open char cars were not going to be a part of this. So only 36 cars are on the entry list. And surprisingly, most of these drivers are the same drivers that we saw last year at this event. I think there's only just a few changes. Of course, one of them being Ty Gibbs as he's going to be running for the Rookie of the Year. And his opponent for the Rookie of the Year, Noah Gregson. Both those drivers will be entering into the LA Clash for the first time in their career. And I'm trying to think of the other person. I think, honestly, it's J.J. Yaley who's the other person who did not run in the inaugural event. So definitely a bunch of familiar faces and it's going to be really exciting to see. Who is going to be able to master it this year? Now, I'm still going to save some of the predictions that we had from the members who are going to join us here in today's episode. I feel like their opinions still really matter in this event. The first thing we wanted to talk about was going into this season here for the Expedition Race, which people are going to struggle the most? Now, there's a few names that popped up here that was really surprising. Johnny on the track said one driver he feels like is going to struggle is the number eight of Kyle Busch in his first start with Richard Childress Racing. Let me play that audio clip for you. I swear to you, he he said Kyle Busch is not going to make it into the main event.
2: I genuinely think that Kyle Busch is not going to make it into the big show. It's going to be, and he, look, he's my favorite to win the Daytona 500. I'm super high on him. Um, to get it done for his first Daytona 500 win. But I actually feel like the clash, Um, I don't know. I, I just feel like something's going to go wrong. And to me, the pressure is going to even be – it's going to be even higher after that, after maybe he wrecks out early, maybe there's an issue with the car, Um, maybe he just, like, doesn't have any speed at all. And everybody's like, oh, like, maybe he is washed, maybe he is washed. And then finally, we're going to see him win the Daytona 500,
1: Now, I can understand where he's coming from on this one. I mean, yes, there is a fear that Richard Childress Racing could have mechanical problems because if you remember last year, Tyler Reddick in the number eight had one of the fastest cars in that race, and he was going to win that LA Clash, and then he runs into some mechanical problems in the middle of the race, and he's not able to finish, but guess who was right there in the top five near the end of that race? It was Kyle Busch, so... I think maybe he's thinking it's going to be something similar to the round one of the playoffs, you know, Kyle Busch having some really good cars, and then just all of a sudden some of the craziness happens for him, like he blows up an engine at Darlington, he also has a terrible engine failure at Bristol Motor Speedway, but that was with Joe Gibbs racing, now we are over with Richard Childress racing. And, and honestly, when it comes to short tracks, Kyle Busch is one of the best guys at short tracks. He really is. There's a reason why he was so dominant at Bristol for so many years, why he was a contender for almost every single race at Martinsville. He just knows how to get around short tracks, and I think making this transition on over with Richard Childress, I think it's going to be a good finish, but Johnny on the track sees it a little different. He thinks he's not even going to make it into the main event. Now, Armani from the Motor Ministry podcast, I, unfortunately, I can't play his audios. That, that's where things really got rough in the recording. He, you can't understand him hardly at all. He said that one person that he thought was going to struggle, he actually thought two people, and that was the rookies themselves, Ty Gibbs and Noah Gregson. Now, this argument right here is is understandable. I mean, these two drivers, they they don't know what they're getting into. Everyone else has experience, and these guys are going to be kind of brand new, uh, dipping their toes in the water. And we saw a little last year that Noah Gregson and uh, Ty Gibbs, they both really struggled, and it wasn't in bad equipment either. They were running really good equipment, Ty Gibbs in particular. And one thing I noticed with Ty Gibbs is when he was running the Arca Series, phenomenal x series really really good here in the cup series now he has the best of the best he's going against and it, the pressure's really starting to amount against him and i'm hoping that this offseason i know it's been a brutal offseason for ty gibbs especially after the loss it, it's going to be very interesting to see how he's able to handle here this first expedition race if he can stay calm i think he can put on a really good race but if something upsets him throughout that entire race I would not be surprised if you see something similar to what happened to Ty Dillon in the last chance qualifier, where he's bumping and banging into everyone, basically almost destroying his car to try to make it into the last chance and then getting black flagged and penalized. That could potentially happen to Ty Gibbs if he's not able to keep his cool. As for Noah Gregson... I. I feel like he's going to do a little bit better than Ty Gibbs, but we we saw last year with Petty GMS Racing, the 43 car was really good, while the 42 car kind of struggled a bit. Now, that could have been due to the driver behind the wheel of that 42 car. I, I don't want to straight throw it all on Ty Dillon, but there was definitely a difference in performance. You saw it throughout the 2022 season. So let's see if they pick it up now, now that they are a brand new team in a way. They're now called Legacy Motor Club. And see if we can see that difference here for this team now for will will is actually pointing more towards henrik motorsports and he decided to throw william byron and alex bowman under the bus that they will be the two drivers to struggle here in this race play the audio
0: really wouldn't be so shocked if maybe like a william byron or alex bowman just came out the gate rough not that they won't they'll probably be fine but they tend to have moments where they just disappear. So, I mean, I think the nine and the five will probably be okay. But I could maybe see Bowman kind of just having a rough weekend and not really showing a lot of speed. It's a big year for him. This is a contract year for him. They've already started talks. So he'll probably end up getting the ride again because Ally loves them. But, uh, hey, maybe that's the storyline. Bowman kind of starts out the year a little rough at the Clash.
1: So Will is going with the answer that one of the top teams in the third or fourth car could potentially miss out here in this main event. And to be honest with you, I could totally see that one happening, especially for someone who is under pressure, like he talked about with Alex Bowman. Look, look, Alex Bowman's a very talented racer. There's a reason why he's been in that 48 car for so many years. He somehow, some way, has been able to sneak away with a victory here and there in races that nobody saw him coming. He's the new mister, where did he come from? But we also saw last year people trying to impress their team to make sure that they would have another opportunity to sign back on with this team. They just weren't able to perform. I think only like people like Martin Trex Jr., maybe even William Byron at the beginning of the year, were really those only drivers that were able to perform at a high level. People like Cole Custer and as well as Ty Dillon, they struggled tremendously and they lost their ride. So th- there could be a situation where you get someone like Alex Bowman who has that pressure of. I'm going to need to perform at the top of my level. Otherwise, I'm not going to be racing in this car again. Could miss out on that main event. And don't be surprised if the same thing happens to a Joe Gibbs racing car or even Stuart Haas racing. I mean, Eric Amarola missed it last year, could potentially miss it again. Granted, it was due to an accident, but he was kind of in a situation where if he would have made it into the heat race, he wouldn't have to worry about the last chance qualifier. So you never no, especially when you're you're almost guaranteed for a charter and now we're going to be eliminating nine cars from the main event. Now, for me, looking at this race, trying to be unbiased, I think the driver who's going to struggle here in this race is going to be the number one of Ross Chastain. Now, that's a big name to throw out, especially someone who made it into the championship four. However, looking at it last year, that number one car really really struggled throughout that event now granted it was a brand new team i mean they were only a one car operation in 2021 2022 now you're doubling that operation you're bringing a guy from chip ganassi racing there was a lot of growing pains there early in the 2022 season however one thing i want to point out is the owner of track house racing justin marks is making it clear That all their focus right now is on the Daytona 500. They have even stated that the number 91 team, Project 91, that everyone was so excited about is not even going to run in the Daytona 500 event. And everyone was like, oh, you got to be kidding me, man. We wanted to see that car back out there, especially for the great American race. He he says he wants to just focus on the 99-1. and one. That is top priority. And I don't think top priority is going to be right here at this event at the LA Clash. Now, maybe Ross Chastain tries to do a wall ride. I'm going to let you guys know right now that's not going to happen. From where they enter from the LA Clash is the exit of turn four. And that area is all open. So if he tries to do the wall ride, he's going to go head on into the front straightaway. And nobody wants to see that at all. But in all seriousness, I, I just don't see Ross Chastain doing really good in this race. I, something with track house racing, I feel like they're not going to put that much focus. So that is one driver I think we're going to struggle here at the LA Clash. So quite a few big names here from all of us here. The five drivers we think are going to struggle the most in this event. Uh, Johnny on the track says Kyle Busch. That one's the outlier, but we're still going to include it. We had Armani saying the rookies, more specifically Ty Gibbs. We had Will saying that either a William Byron or an Alex Bowen could miss it. And I got Ross Chastain in the number one. Now, moving on from people who are going to struggle, how about mid-tier drivers who could do really good in this event? Drivers that you kind of see around trying to get a top 20, maybe even top 15, maybe they can really shine in this event. And I'm going to go first on this one. One driver that I feel like is going to do really good in this race, and it's going to impress a lot of people, is going to be the new driver of that number 41 car. I'm talking about Ryan Priest. Now, if you guys remember the LA Clash last year, He was able to make it into the main event. He was not driving a Stuart Haas racing car. He was driving for Rick Rare Racing. And one thing, if you look back at Ryan Priest's career, he made it on the short tracks, well known in the modified series, just a very talented driver in that program. And they mostly run at nothing but short tracks. Their Daytona 500 track or their biggest racetrack is New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Everything else, short racetracks. He has been very, very impressive throughout his entire career in that. And I feel like making this transition on over to the 41 car is going to be a great transition and I feel like here at the LA Clash, he's going to impress a lot of people. I would not be surprised if you see him at one point running around the top five in the main event. That's how confident I am in seeing Ryan Priest do really well in this race. So that's definitely someone to look out for, especially for a team that struggled so bad last year. Having a good finish here at the LA Clash is just going to immediately boost their confidence. Now, there's some other drivers that were mentioned and and some of them are really, really good. One of those drivers being the number 31 machine of Justin Haley. Armani was the one who said this, and I totally agree with him. I don't know if you guys remember, but Ar- um, not Armani. <laughs> Justin Haley was running up front before he got taken out. And, and fortunately for him, it was a situation where I think it was William Byron and Chase Elliott. They made contact. And I think Chase Elliott immediately thought it was Justin Haley. So he... Oh, Kyle Larson. Sorry, it was Kyle Larson. And he drove straight left and destroyed Justin Haley's car. During that time, he was running around third, competing for the victory. Now, Colleague Racing, uh, they're another team that made steps in the right direction near the end of the 2022 season. And especially going into this race, you're going to have Colleg Racing try to show that, hey, they're at the same level as some of these newer teams who stepped in. I think their competition was Trackhouse Racing, and we saw how well Trackhouse Racing was. Now you're going to see someone like Colleg Racing. They got their win very early in their Cup Series career, and now they're trying to bounce back with two full-time cars. I feel like Justin Haley is going to look really good here in this LA Clash and will be a factor in this race could potentially even win a heat race if he has anywhere close to the same equipment as he did last year will from opinions on nascar said to actually look at kyle bush's new teammate the number three of austin Dillon. everyone was talking about tyler reddick on how good he was doing in the first half of the main event not many people realized that austin Dillon was also in that mix near the end of the race And if we feel like Tyler, uh, excuse me, I keep wanting to say Tyler Reddick and I apologize. Uh, Kyle Busch, if we feel like Kyle Busch is going to run really well in this race, expect that number three car to be right there in the mix. Maybe not at the same level. It's going to be similar to what we saw in 2022. The eight car was definitely the strong car, but whenever the eight car was really strong, that number three car was always somewhere in the mix around in the top ten. And if they have anywhere similar to what they have, minus the mechanical problems, Austin Dillon should be running up front. Very good performance there in the first ever LA Clash. And we feel like it can repeat the process. I mean, it's it's almost a similar situation as Justin Haley. And for Johnny on the track, he said to keep an eye on the number six of Brad Keselowski. Last year did not even make it into the main event. And we're, we're thinking he's going to do a complete 180 here in the 2023 Clash. Now, why is that? Well, something started to work out for RFK Racing near the end of the year. At the beginning of the season, minus the Daytona 500, they absolutely struggled. As time went by, especially at the short tracks and road courses, they were starting to really pick things up. They were able to get a victory at Bristol. Now, Brad Keselowski, maybe he was just trying to figure out his new team. Maybe he was trying to push leadership, just just trying to fill things out. Now we see Brad Keselowski making steps in the right direction on being a more competitive driver, and it could really stand out here in this race. I would include his teammate as well, Chris Busher. I mean, he was able to win the race at Bristol, so definitely has an act for that. Definitely has an act for the road courses where you drop down to slower speeds. At some points, almost similar here to the LA Clash. Keep an eye out for RFK Racing. They're gonna they're gonna do a complete one eighty here. Now it is time for the most important question: Who do we believe is gonna wind up in victory lane here at the LA Clash? Could Joey Logano do a back-to-back victory and still be the only person to win this event or someone else going to pop up out of nowhere and take the victory? Here's what Johnny on the track had to say
2: on who he believed is going to be the winner here in the LA Clash. Number nine, Chase Elliott. Um, I think he's going to open as the favorite. I think Joey Logano is going to be slightly behind him when the odds come out, but Um, I just look at the way Chase Elliott went out in the championship last year, got hit into the wall by Ross Chastain. I think he's upset about that. Um, I think he comes out hot this year. He gets the win at the Bush Clash, and I think it's going to be a really, really solid, successful season. Um, for Chase Elliott and I think it starts right there there's I, I which is crazy because he made the final four he made the championship but I do think there's a little bit of a chip on his shoulder I really do from just kind of like his race basically getting ended for for no fault of his own
1: a very interesting pick by Johnny on the track I totally see where he is coming from you know having a struggle there in the final race of the season you definitely want to bounce back from that and if you're able to win the first race of the season that is absolutely huge last year at the LA Clash, he didn't really do anything too spectacular, just finished barely outside the top 10, but you see his Henrik Motorsports partners of Kyle Larson and William Byron finishing 5th and 6th. They had some really fast cars, and if Chase Elliott is able to figure it out this time around, he could be right there with them and even running for the victory. Chase Elliott is not afraid to go for it. We've seen him do it multiple times. Sometimes it's worked out well, other times it's been a little bit rough. I'm not going to lie. If anyone remembers Bristol, you know what I mean but you know what Chase Elliott definitely does need a bounce back and he could very well do it here in this event now going to Will this is what Will had to say who he believes is going to be the winner of this event
0: if it ain't broke don't fix it I don't know if he'll win it but we'll go Joey Logano to go two for two in the clash I feel like he's just picking him as house money right now like you're not gonna argue with the pick Uh, I mean, obviously won the event last year, won the championship last year. So, hey, why couldn't he? Why couldn't he go make it two for two in the clash and just keep that winning streak going? I don't necessarily – I don't think he's going to be the champion again this year.
1: Um, but, uh, But, yeah, I'll go with the 22 car. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Hey, it's really hard to argue with that. I mean, Joey Logano, he just has an act for brand new racetracks. It doesn't matter what type of racetrack it is. He just somehow is able to figure it out. And he did really, really damn good here in this LA Clash. Probably due to the fact of how much experience he's had at short track racing compared to some of these other drivers. I mean, that that's how he was able to make a name for himself. And for him to get that victory at the first race of the season, an, an expedition race, not the Daytona 500, you know what I mean. For him to come back, win the championship, and come back to this event and win it again would be absolutely huge. And you know what? I don't see really anything slowing these guys down. I don't think the offseason, they're going to have themselves a championship hangover. Joey Logano is definitely a really good pick that nobody should be afraid of to pick as their winner. Now, this is why this segment right here, this is where I wish we had a good recording of these guys. Because Armani said that his pick was going to be the number eight of Kyle Bush. And boy, oh boy, him and Johnny were just going at it, making bets with each other on who was going to be right and who was going to be wrong. I think it went up to $100 at one point. But yes, Armani from the Motor Ministry podcast is going with Kyle Busch. Again, very, very good pick in my personal opinion. Uh, This is why I think Johnny's just a little crazy for saying he's going to miss it out. I mean, he led 64 laps last year in this clash. And the other person to lead almost just as many laps was Tyler Reddick in the number eight. Just put two and two together. It just makes sense. The only reason why they wouldn't be successful here in this race is because if they have a little bit of similar groin pains as we saw with Brad Keselowski. But I really don't see that one happening. So... I'm sorry we didn't really help you out on here on this one I mean we have one person saying oh he's gonna do terrible and we have another person saying oh he's gonna win the damn thing I am more lean on the side of Armani and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of other fans but that would be very interesting to, to see what do you guys think do you guys think Kyle Busch is gonna be able to win this event or do you think he's gonna be one of those drivers even struggling to make it let me know. That that is something I would like to see and see which uh, one of our uh, guests was more erratic with their decision. Now for me, I'm going with a very interesting pick here on this one. I'm going to say that the number 43 of Eric Jones could pull off the victory here in this event, a lot of people don't realize how well he ran in this event last year. And and, we, and we've and we been kind of repeating that a little bit. You know, I don't want to sound like a broken record. However, Eric Jones, this, this is just a race that could set up perfectly for a brand new race team. And we, we've seen him. He, he's been the lead driver over there at that team. And it's a damn shame that Joe Gibbs Racing moved away from him because the dude has a lot of talent, especially at expedition races. I don't know if you guys remember, but the, the clash that happened a few years back when he was able to win with the number 20 car broken and battered, that was very, very cool to see. I mean, I know a lot of people said, oh, it was an absolute wreck fest. I totally agree with that as well. But somehow, some way, he is able to win some very, very important races and I feel like he can turn that around here for this number 43 team and just lead him on a great note going into the Daytona 500, having three cars trying to make it into the great American race. Two are locked in and their owner is the only one that's not locked in. And of course, that is the number 84 of Jimmy Johnson. If they are able to get a victory here in this expedition race, they're going to be on cloud nine and there's not going to be anything stopping them here this season so those are our four drivers that we think could wind up in victory lane here at the LA Clash you got Joey Logano in the number 22 the number nine of Chase Elliott the number eight of Kyle Busch and the number 43 of Eric Jones and to close out this segment for the LA Clash I decided to bring up the fact that here's going to be the halftime performers here in this race it's going to be Wiz Khalifa and Cypress Hill two names that do not affiliate with NASCAR in any shape or form. It, It almost makes me question if NASCAR knows who their fans are, because last year was Ice Cube and Pitbull. Pitbull made sense. Ice Cube, everyone was like, what? A NASCAR event? Okay. (laughs) I personally enjoyed it. I thought he was freaking awesome. I love Ice Cube. But now we get Wiz Khalifa and Cypress Hill here, and that's just absolutely wacky to think of. So I wanted these guys to give me an absolute wacky prediction that they had here in this race, and their answers did not disappoint Armani said the funniest one. He feels like he's going to see a driver finish in the top five that has no hood or no fender. So basically, he's thinking that a car is going to be absolutely destroyed that's going to be able to make it into the top five. The only way I see that one happening is if someone wrecks out of turn four and makes their car go across the start-finish line. That's the only way I could see a hood missing on a car. There, there's no other way. That, that's my personal opinion, but that's what he thinks. Uh, we had Johnny on the track. He said that he believed that there's going to be someone who's going to wreck the entire field, uh, kind of like what Ty Dillon did last year, but he thinks it's going to be Ty Gibbs. Now, I, I think a lot of people are expecting that one, but still, you you could have that that one person who's just going to cause as much harm as possible. If short track racing, it brings out the worst in people, and we could potentially see that here in this race. And for Will, I, uh, uh you know what? I should just play his audio because if I if I don't play his audio, you guys will not believe me on what he said.
0: These guys, these guys aren't thinking wacky enough. Now listen, this is something that is not going to happen. But when Wiz Khalifa was announced, this is something that I said should happen. And that is, speaking of wacky, the winner should get to smoke wacky tabacky with Wiz Khalifa right there in victory lane, baby. And how that is not happening and how that has not been booked is a major downfall of NASCAR.
1: Yes, you heard that correctly. We're going to be lighting up a spliff if we win the LA Clash. I, I'm glad that Will took this a little less serious than the other two, but that that would be the craziest thing if he predicts that he he gets everything. He gets the YouTube channel. He gets the podcast. All of it is going to be going to him if that actually happens, but <laughs> uh, that that is definitely a wild prediction. Uh, there, there's just n- no, nothing else to say about that one. Now, my wild prediction was something that they gave me a lot of grief for, and like I said, uh, wish we could get some of that together because the one who gave me the most grief was Armani, but we already know the situation, and I said that Rick Rare Racing was going to have one of their cars in, more specifically, Cody Ware in the number 51, we know how wacky this race can get, and sometimes you want to be the driver who just stays back a little bit. We, we saw it at the Daytona race. We also saw it in the Coca-Cola 600. If you stay out of trouble, chances are you're going to be one of the last ones standing. And I feel like you're going to see Cody Ware maybe not make it into the heat races, but will make it into the last chance qualifier. I really do see that happening. If that happens, I'm going to be so damn happy. And I know there's going to be a lot of people on TikTok happy about that because they know that the next video I'm going to make for NASCAR therapy, they are going to absolutely lose their mind. Will it happen? The chances of it happening are pretty slim, but you know what? You just never know with unpredictable races. And seeing Rick Rare Racing get one, if not one, both their cars in, would be absolutely stellar. I can rub it into everyone's face. And yes, we can have as many Rick Rare Racing videos that we want on TikTok. So there you guys go. The LA Clash got a lot of crazy predictions. All you're just gonna have to do is watch this race. This race is going to be absolutely insane no matter which way you look at it. It's a night race. You're going to have heat races. I don't know if the heat races will be that exciting. I mean, last year, the person who started first led every single lap in each of those heat races, so I don't know how much entertainment we're going to get there. But for the main event, it's going to be a lot of fun, and you guys should definitely watch it and tune in on Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox to watch that race. (laughs) Now, before we wrap up today's episode, I did promise that we were going to be talking about some of the entries for the Daytona 500. Now, at this point, we have confirmed five cars that are going to be entering in that are open charter cars. One of them being Front Row Motorsports with Zane Smith. That is the only team right now that is confirmed that does not have a number. It's either going to be the number 35 or number 36. Here's the other four drivers. Jimmy Johnson will be driving the number 84 machine for Legacy Motor Club. The number 13 machine is going to be ran by Chandler Smith with Colic Racing. Then you're going to have the number 62 driven by Austin Hill. And the most surprising one was the number 67 for 2311 with Travis Pastrana. Absolutely crazy. Out of all the announcements, that one was definitely the craziest one that nobody saw coming. Now, going into qualifying and the duels, a lot of people are counting out Travis Pastrana. They think he's going to miss that event, but I really am kind of second guessing that idea that, I mean, he's obviously going to have very fast equipment. The Toyotas have been really good when it comes to super speedway races, so there could be a chance that you see him run really well in that event, and also he's going to have multiple teammates. Um, Everyone has multiple teammates except for one driver, and that is the number 62 of Austin Hill. That would be the best feel-good to make it into there since that team is so small. They're a one-car organization. I think they only have one full-time employee still to this day, and they're not going to have any teammates there in the duels like the other uh, four drivers, so they're going to probably have to make it in on qualifying time. However, no matter what happens, it's going to be an absolute insane run, and I'm just very happy to see how competitive these open charter cars are. We could see a seven-time champion miss the Great American Race, potentially. I don't think he's that's going to happen, but the, it very well could if he qualifies maybe third out of the open charter cars, and then he gets caught up in an incident. That would be such a heartbreak for that organization. But still, it's definitely something to keep an eye on, just showing once again that the duels will matter, and I'm pretty sure we're going to have even other cars uh, enter into the race. It's still not... This is not the a final entry list. You could see people from the 2017 of Hezeberg Racing um, try to make it in with either Jacques Villeneuve or what was their other driver? They can Loris Hellsman, he could probably make a run at it. And then NBM Motorsports, They we know that they have um, two cars. They could potentially win one of them, whether it's a number 55 or 66, try to make it into the Daytona 500. And then I guess New York Racing is still making their decision on whether or not they're going to be running. I thought that team was done for good, but just something about John Cohen and that team. They just won't die. They're like cockroaches. They come out of nowhere and they just try to find their way to make it into any type of cup race that they enter. And then you have the money racing team who we most people thought was going to have – Uh, Helio Castroneves, but unfortunately Helio Castroneves was not able to get a ride for the Daytona 500. He will have to try again next year. So we could go up to 45 different cars. Very, very interesting to see and definitely something to keep track of going into the Daytona 500. That will conclude today's episode. Huge shout out for the guests that we were going to have on this episode, but unfortunately it just did not pan out. I'd like to give a special thanks to them and hopefully you guys have an opportunity to go check them out. First off, Johnny, Johnny on the track. You can look him up on YouTube. He is a great, great podcaster, has some great interviews with some drivers in the sport. He's not like me with fancy picks. He, he mostly focuses on one-on-one interviews and there are some interesting people he has been able to interview with. And he's also trying to set up a TikTok. I don't remember what his tag was. Uh, Hopefully, he is able to come on our next episode we do, and he's able to give that plug. But Johnny on the Track Podcast, you want to check him out. Also, Armani and the Motorsport Ministry Podcast. Make sure to go check that out as well. From the latest news to the craziest hot takes, new episodes air every Tuesday and Thursday. Home of Race Weekend Rankings, Verse of the Week, and Best Bets, of the week definitely check out his podcast and for will i i I don't have a podcast for him to give him a shout out to but check out check him out on twitter opinions on nascar he, he seems to be getting into some beef with some people and it's really funny I, I want some of the fans to give him a follow but also give him some beef even if it's a really good opinion just try to find some way to make it uh, not sound like you're on his side i love the racetracks that we race at well why not right turn racetracks just something like that just mess with him. <laughs> but again thank you to you three if you're listening really appreciate you guys We're, we'll have to have you guys on Again, and hopefully, we don't have any problems with the recording. And if you want to check me out on social media, I got multiple things going on on TikTok at Vanilla Wafers44. Actually, it's singular at Vanilla Wafer44, where we're bringing back the NASCAR therapy sessions. You guys have been wanting that for so long. So, going to start bringing those back up, Guess the NASCAR driver or also just some card openings with NASCAR cards. We're doing all that on TikTok. It's been a lot of fun. But if you want longer videos, you can also check me out at YouTube at Vanilla Wafers. I've been posting uh, longer videos once every two weeks. It does take a little bit longer to get those videos out, but people have been really enjoying them. The most recent one being the Masterminds of the System. This is talking about the Lawful Evil side of NASCAR. More specifically, Jimmy Johnson and Chad Canounce a lot of fun making that one as well or if you just want to chat with me on social media, do so on Twitter, at Wafers 44 I'm going to be mostly um, communicating during race days on there. I usually don't post too much during the offseason, but you know what? I'm going to be very active when the races are going on, just sharing whatever opinion I want. If you want to ask me questions, I usually get back to them as soon as I can. So if you want to follow me on there or tweet to me, you can do so. But above all, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I have been your host, Vanilla Wafers. I have been able to take you to the front of the field, so why don't we grab that checkered flag, do some burnouts, and head on out. So you all take care. This has been the Fantasy Filler Podcast.